Dun, 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 dun. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, it is Friday night. Can you believe it? It is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you are at your place for the unfiltered experience with myself, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses coach, and I am joined tonight by the always amazing, awesome Mr. Scott Goyette. Thank you for that Scotty wonderful intro. Yeah, you know, we got to do things. We got to have a good time tonight. Cheers, brother. I can't even believe that it's already been a flip. I'm like blown away at how fast I was just I just texted uh, uh, Debbie, our guest last Friday. And I said, can you believe it's already Friday? Like a week ago today, we were going live with her. And it's like, boom, the last seven days it just blew up. I mean, what what's going on, man? Yeah, there's a there's an old um, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the uh, metaphor analogy or simile or whatever it's called for life. And it talks about it's like a movie reel. And in the beginning, it takes a long time to go around. And then as the reel starts going, it starts going faster and faster and faster. And it's interesting because when you look at that parallel between watching a movie to life, there's something about at the end, you know, it's ending soon, whatever. I think we start to take note that there's a finish line. We're not going to be here forever. And it just starts going quick because remember when you were a kid and you would literally sit in the summer and the summer starts and you're like, oh my God, it's so <laughs> long. Now yeah. it's like, we look at our kid and we're like, you know, they go off to a summer camp. I'm like, did the summer just end? Did the summer just end? It's all like one second. It's unreal. It is. It truly is. I mean, to your point, I mean, that's the kind of the freaky thing about it. And I think that's one of the things that you and I really press for people watching the show is to enjoy those moments, like to just be involved in those moments. And if you're, if you're involved in those moments and you're soaking up those moments, then no matter how fast it goes by, at least, you know, at your heart of hearts when you're when your journey is done that you were there and you were present for those amazing experiences because i find so many people are not present in their successes in their victories they're always on to the next thing or they're pontificating what they could have done better and they're never really super enjoying their life and that was me i mean i was always in the future you know thinking about what it is that i needed to do or could do to get the next raise or the next promotion or the next girl or whatever it was or pontificating about the past like oh i could have done this better i could have done this better but i was never really in the moment or i was trying to avoid the moment because i didn't want to think about my problems yeah yeah, I think we I think I mentioned this to you last week. I'm seeing that, you know, tenfold. I was talking to somebody in the sauna and we were talking about meditation. And long story short, they started talking to me. Did we talk about this last week? They literally started talking to me in the sauna. And it's a girl. And usually a girl doesn't initiate conversation when a guy comes in the sauna. They put their head down. That's like natural. Oh, it's a co-ed sauna. Yeah, yeah. It's that lifetime. Oh. So she gets in and um and she's like, Hey, how are you? What are you doing? And it turns out she's she says, she's so used to noise that she feels so uncomfortable sitting still. And then I told her what I do for a living. And she's like, I don't know if I'm ready for the silence. Can we see, keep talking? And I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm literally teaching people meditation and embrace the moment. And she's like, just keep telling me things that make me feel good so I can have noise because I'm really scared what's going on in here. And she's the perfect you know, example for what's going on in the world because people are asking for the noise to avoid the moments because as we mm -hmm. awaken, there's so much going on and so much, not even opportunity, necessity to do the inner work. And people are fighting it tooth and nail. Like True. Fighting it tooth and nail. True. They're all, they're all, they're all caught up in what everybody else is doing or not doing. They're caught up in what the government's doing or not doing. They're caught up in everything else and everybody else except for themselves. And they're running away from that that true potential that they could be so much more and have so much more discipline and so much more happiness and so much more freedom. They let go of all that other shit. And that's before we went on camera, that's what I was explaining to you. I've just, I've really just been focusing on surrendering and not thinking about what's next and what has to be next. It's like, I know it's all unfolding for my greater good. I keep focusing on that. I know that just around the corner, something's going to happen and it's going to be like the next level success. And right now I'm just like, you know what, Chris, if you knew that next March, everything was going to change 
what would you be doing right now? You'd be enjoying all these particular moments. You wouldn't even be worrying about it. You know, it'd be safe and you'd be enjoying the ship. But so often we're, we're like sitting there like, oh, well, this needs to be like this and I should be like this and, and I got to do this and I have to do this and I got blah, blah, blah. And we're just never present. And it's like, it's sad because then you get to the end of your game and you're like, all that egoic bullshit, all that trying to prove something to somebody else, all that building of wealth and everything else, that shit doesn't matter. I wish I would have had more moments that I could look back on and be like, yeah, I was there. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I actually had a, a really interesting meeting. Um, a good friend of mine who's super well connected to just a lot of people in this world took us out to breakfast the other day. And he's somebody who's going to help me start, you know, building out Go Love Now and just doing a lot oh, of awesome. big stuff. So we're at breakfast with the president of Marvel, like all the comics, the entertainment and another guy Whoa. who's a venture. Yeah. Another guy who's a venture fund. Um, he has like 300 companies in his portfolio that he's, you know, building and taking care of. So two very connected people and the whole conversation, it was just very interesting because, you know, we're all sitting together and, you know, there were very different mindsets. You know, somebody had a very different political view. Somebody had a very different this view, but we all came down to one thing and the whole conversation talked about impact. Yeah. We just kept saying impact. And so it brings me back to when you're talking about the moments because if we're both observer and creator of this world, and what I mean by observer, step outside yourself, stop saying everything's against me, observe it. But at the same time, as you're observing this world, realize you have the ability to create and change. Once we look at you know, change within is change without. And yeah. so we just kept talking about that. And, and I've noticed for a long time, I get so focused on impact to those I'm touching. And they just kept saying, why are you not scaling this? Why are you not scaling this? Why are you not scaling this? Even if it's seed planted to a billion people, that's better than, you know, 40 people. And I'm not saying what's better or worse, but right. they just really started getting my mind to open up. Like, why am I not scaling this times like a million? So, yeah, um, yeah, but it's all about impact. And you say it all the time and embracing those moments because they're going to get faster and faster and faster. And what we do with each one of them is really just being present in it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the best, probably one of the greatest realizations for me on my journey. And we, everybody knows my journey, you know, to be able to be able to sit there and like really recognize like, fuck, like it's not about what's next. It's about what's now, yeah. because what's next, I could fall down the stairs. I could have a heart attack. You know, we could get nuked. What's right now? Like, that's one of the greatest things that I've learned through all of my trials and tribulations. And it's been probably one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn is to let go to surrender and not be in control and to know and to understand and to feel and to believe that it's all happening for my greater good, that everything that's happening right now is setting me up for what's next. And if I focus on what's happening now and I think about it in negative terms, then what's next isn't going to come because my, my focus is in the wrong spot. And I, I'm reading this book actually, um, do I have it right here? Yeah. I'm reading this great book. It's called, uh, courtesy of Lee, I Lee's in the house. It's called this thing called you. It's by Ernest Holmes. Apparently it was written like in the dark ages. Thank you, Lee. Um, my buddy, our buddy Lee's right here. Lee was on the right show there. just a few weeks ago. Um, and in that it's talking about like the, really the big, the big core of it is like having faith and, and letting go and surrendering and not having that, that attachment, I guess, to so many things. And when you release that attachment, then you're able to enjoy those moments and whether or not something comes to fruition, you're going to figure it out anyway, because you've survived hundred percent of whatever thing you've been through. Yeah. And that's exactly the point of observer and creator simultaneously is the detachment of all that that we have here, like the body, all the things that we think I have to be good at this and this and all those attachments. Be the observer, recognize the reality. This is the vessel that we're playing in this game in, but understand that you're a co-creator of all of this. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. I, I feel like in coaching, I can get people to get to this space where 
yeah, I kind of did that observer thing. I, I sort of see what you're saying, not fully embodying it, but getting to the space that I'm an observer, detached from this, and I can co-create all of this by fixing this. Yeah. You know, you have to say it again and again and again, and eventually somebody receives it and embodies it. But I'm going to tell you this, once you embody it, there's a, there's a weird door that opens. Yeah. And when that door opens, it's literally a magical paradise of everything that's always been you. I want yeah. to say that again, a door opens. That's literally a magical paradise of everything that's always been you. So please do what Chris is telling you guys, embrace every moment because when you embrace the moment, things slow down, you can become the observer creator. And in that space, that's what's going to open the door. That's the key to that door. And I can promise you, this world is a magical world. You're just seeing the noise because that's what's being focused on by the collective. Yep. So. Yep. Focus goes where energy flows. Hell I always yeah. screw that up, but yeah, focus goes <laughs> where energy it. flows. And speaking of focus and speaking of energy, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there in viewer land, sometimes you're watching the show, you're like checking out the show and you're like, man, I love Chris and Scott. I love Chris and Scott. Maybe one day I'll be on the show. And that's what we've got for you tonight. Nellie Bracho has been a firm supporter of the show and Scott and I for so many years. And uh, we said, hey, why don't you come on the show and talk about Hooked on Humanity, talk about your story, talk about all the beautiful things that you do in the world and be on the show instead of watching the show. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Unfiltered Experience, Nellie Bracho. What's up, Nellie? Welcome. Good, good evening. Everything's up. <laughs> Everything's good. up. I don't know. Not right now. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't Good. usually talk on this this kind of format very often, so it's it feels like I'm talking to myself because I know nobody else is here. Well, now you've watched the show yourself. enough, but you've watched the show enough. Have to do it more often. Ah, there we go. See, okay. I'm gonna have to call my grandkids and talk on that FaceTime thing. It's practice. Yes. More <laughs> often, so. How are y'all doing good tonight? We're doing oh, awesome. I mean, it's Friday night. It's uh, it's beautiful here in Southern California. It's been actually cold today. I was wearing a long sleeve shirt today, which is, I mean, I literally went from like 90 and 100 degrees to like this morning it was 46 degrees. I'm like, well, we don't we get in between? Don't we get a you know a little softening before we get rammed? Yeah. That's where we're at here in uh, Belt County. Is we're kind of in between, uh, so we have some really beautiful days. So we do. We do have like a short span of springtime and where it's Three not hours. hot, not cold yeah. and it's beautiful nights and everybody's out on the street a lot, you know, walking around, stuff yeah. like that with their kids and everything. And it's a small little neighborhood, you know, it's a small town. So uh, I like seeing people just taking their families and going for walks. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm with their pets and they're just playing in the street, you know, with their little ball and everything. It's kind of neat. But yeah. tonight we're supposed to have some kind of tornado. Actually, Nellie, it's funny you said that because I don't know if you just got, I just heard the first hit of rain and I could hear the wind. So between six and eight o'clock and it's yeah. seven twelve right now, between yeah. six and eight o'clock, they're saying there could be tornadoes and hurricane winds coming through. Wow. And they're yeah. like, like put all your stuff. And I'm almost thinking, Maybe I should have put the stuff into my deck. Like if at some point I just disappear for a minute, nothing personal, just, yeah. just, I'll be back. I got, a, I, got a, I got a tornado to deal with. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I got but this quick little tornado. Think yeah. how many times they tell us that's going to happen and it doesn't but That's happen. the problem. They say that, it, well, it happens somewhere. Boy it just goes wolf. by us by a few miles. The boy who cries, cries wolf. 
Well, we appreciate you being here, Nellie. We appreciate you being on the other side of the camera tonight because you are an influential person. You've had your trials and tribulations, and now you have Hooked on Humanity, which we're going to be talking about in a second. But my question first for you is, I'm curious, who was 10-year-old Nellie? What was 10-year-old Nellie like? What were your interests? What were your dreams? What were your aspirations? What was your environment like when you were 10 years old? Wow, 10-year-old Nellie. Okay. Uh, like really... 10-year-old Nellie was really a spoiled brat. Mm. And I that. didn't have any aspirations, really. And um, um, really, yes, the spoiled brat of the family. And it was like to a fault where like the it was a dysfunctional kind of situation, you know. Can you give us an example of that? Uh, well, what I can say is um, I had a very overbearing father, and um, I, I think my mom and dad both had kind of maybe strange or unique upbringings. Uh, they were, um, well, they, they both, like my father is from Mexico, right? And so, like, there's no telling what kind of apparently he was like, they had to kick him out of the family and stuff. So he was a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he ever like recovered from that. And um, so my mom was great. Mom grew up on the river in, in Alabama. So, um, I mean, they had those, they had kind of unique upbringings and kind of, of different ways of communicating, right? So, um, so when I was born, um, I was the one that was like catered to. Like my siblings would get in a lot of trouble if they made me mad, or if they, um, you know, if we got into just an argument that any sibling gets into, right? It's Were like, you the youngest? Yes, I was okay. young. That makes that that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to ask what well, special you the youngest. It does. It does make sense to a certain point, but this was like I got a little bit older, and I realized um, I realized what was going on, and I started like stop telling on my siblings when we argued, you know. And um, like if they happened to break a lamp or something while our parents were out, I would tell them I broke it. When they come back, like, what happened to the lamp? Well, I broke it. I'm sorry. And it's like, I did that because if they said they broke it, they would get their ass beat or something. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, no, I did it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to protect, I, you're no. trying to protect your your siblings. Yeah, it's like it wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? Are you a lot younger than your brother, your brothers and sisters? And how, how many do you have? I think the one that's next to me is eight years older than me. That's what it sounds like. So the parents were kind of like, hey, you, you almost sometimes treat the kid like a grandparents when there's that big gap. You know, it's like a grandchild. So there's a different parenting style. Yeah, that's, that's what my wife I, went through too. Yeah, I don't know. My dad was. And he wasn't right in the head. So I mean That's fair. I, I've I've seen I've seen families that spoil the baby, but all the siblings are happy to spoil the baby too. 
Right. You know what I mean? None of them are going, why does she get everything? Why do we get shit? You know, why are you treating us like shit and not her? You know, mm-hmm. what, what makes her the queen? You Did know? you ever find out what that was later in life? Did you ever get explained uh, to you? Uh, nobody really did have to explain to me. It's pretty cut and dried when you look at it, when I, when I see how it treated everybody and how much division it created between me and my siblings. But why you is what Chris is asking. Like why, 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 why were you the one that, you know, got the favoritism? That's what I'm not getting. Uh, nobody knows. Hmm. Nobody knows. But, um, um, but, I mean, I, I think that really created um, kind of a toxic instinct in me that things are always going to happen for me. I'm not really going to have to put that much effort into oh. doing things. And then when I began to become an adult and and things started happening in my life that I need to be responsible for, I mean, I was worthless, you know. Can you give I us an example of one of those early one of those early situations? Oh well, um, there was no way that I could imagine ever myself just raising my kids by myself. You know, my sister did it wonderfully, but the things my sister accomplished, I always thought other people accomplished those. You know, not me. Mm-hmm. You know. And for some reason, I was in a bubble, a bubble of some type of retardation, if you will. And um, uh, I can probably figure out, you know, I can probably put the pieces together and figure out how it worked. But I mean, I was married four times. Wow. You really like being married. Well, or not being married. You know, exactly. I thought, you know, I, I, I would have, if I, if I could have chosen better. Yeah. And I think that um, I probably could have served my children better by choosing better. Of course. But then I would have had to know what those red flags are, what what I want. Um, I would have had to have known then. Um, what I wanted to accomplish in my life, what I wanted to be, had a vision. But the only thing that I that I thought about was, well, you know, I'm a, I'm broken if I don't if there's not a male figure, if there's uh, not a leader figure, you know. This is what my head was telling me, you know. Uh-huh. It's like so now you got to find another another leader, you know, instead of me being the leader. Did you find a lot of the people that you dated were similar to your father's characteristics? That's that's a very good question. Uh, The guys I dated, no. No. But the guys I married, yes. (laughs) That's what I thought. And and I did go in life. uh, uh, I did think to myself, I'm not marrying anybody like that. And then I thought, well, of course, I'm not going to find anybody like that because I'm only going to hang around nice people. I mean, I'm telling you, I was a Pollyanna. Mm. Just Polly. Even my therapist said, Nellie, you're a Pollyanna. <laughs> and I'm like, don't label me. <laughs> don't put baby but, in the corner. 
So yes, Nellie, that's right. So I've got, I've got a said, question Paul, for you. You, know, you just think everything's going to be all nice and rosy. And I said, I don't think everything's going to be all nice and rosy. But, I mean, I hope for nice and rosy. I hope for, you know, the good things. And I always think what you put out there, you're going to get. But here's the trick. Okay, yeah, that's not false. That's true. But it's tricky because the rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? So that means whether you're an asshole or whether you're the greatest person in the world, you're going to get some shit in life. Of course. It it happens to everybody. This idea that you're just going to be all good and nice and it's all going to come back to you tenfold, it, it will. It's just not all the time. Peaks right? and valleys, peaks and valleys. Right. E- even somebody that's bad, something good will happen to them. And you think, why does it happen to them? Why aren't they suffering? Ozzy, shut up! <laughs> Ozzy. Yes. So, My damn dog. The good and bad happens to everybody. Everybody has their opportunities. You either take them or you don't. Everybody has their tribulations they're either going to be opportunities to you or they're just going to beat you down True. you know i mean everyone's got choices those kinds of choices in life so i didn't think of that i just thought i was set like this problem i've got here is going to be okay because i'm going to fix this by doing the right thing and there's just so many other things to it. There's so many other little things of course. That, that you have to know and apply. Little bits of knowledge that like you can tell somebody, okay, you can just tell them uh, there's already uh, a condition thinking that, you know, uh, it's, you know, if you do the right thing and work hard and do it, you're going to succeed in life. It's like, yeah, that's true. But what about all the ins and outs of it? What about all the little operating details? Are y'all the points, thinking points you have to know about to make that work? It's, it doesn't just happen that way, you know. But you're, you're saying one thing that I'm hearing, like, you know, and it's, it's, it's a great lesson to everybody, is if you come from a space that you think that things might be or could be handed to you and you haven't seen a lot of, you know, trials and tribulation early on, Mm-hmm. A lot of people are doing that right now with kids. So we're having a lot of kids who are going to come out in that space. One of the things that I always preach as part of Go Love Now is the foundation of love, self-love, gratitude, and self-discipline. So first mm-hmm. and foremost, being grateful for the situation. And I can even be here to talk on camera like this with you or, uh-huh. or have a family or have a roof overhead. And then second, what's the self-discipline to get you there? So you're talking about all the like little tidbits. You know, Chris is living homeless with a bunch of cats in a car. And, you know, you slap 20 years on that and he's got an MBA. So it's 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 going the how takes care of itself when uh-huh. the why is aligned. But that has to start with self-discipline. The yeah. unsung hero component of self-love is self-discipline and also the foundation. So, you know, talk about that to people. What would have changed in your life and could have possibly been different or even starting now? What are you doing with self-discipline? Because I see a sense of self-discipline in you now that you're not talking about at age 10. Um, well, self-discipline, I don't know, uh, really, I, I don't know if this is what you mean or not, but I mean, I, to stay on track 
I follow a very strict regimen in the morning mm -hmm. to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. uh, if I if I falter on any one of those things, I automatically go into this. Well, I don't have to do that every morning. Mm -hmm. And then then another thing, and then next thing you know, I'm sleeping till nine o'clock. You know, and then I'm like, now I'm falling behind. So I know that's happened before. And I know, I remember how hard it is to get back on track. So now I don't have to deal with that with myself anymore because as soon as I wake up with the alarm clock, I know I've got to get up and start stretching, doing my stretches, doing my physical therapy. And, and that is always such a rejuvenating thing to get up and just stretch. Yeah. You don't have to do any extravagant kind yeah. of thing, it's workout. Routine stretch just stretch and i feel good and i know that i'm doing something good for myself yeah. for my body to feel better and it helps to improve my pain tolerance mm. throughout the day and then um of course there's no way i would ever forget to make my coffee like, <laughs> we're just talking about that like awesome. i wouldn't yeah that that i don't have to think about but so that's in there and then i have two dry eraser boards that I look at every every day and then I scratch off what I've already done the day before, you know, and then if I know of anything I got to do, that's what keeps me. I can't believe I need two dry eraser boards. I have I have many in here in my office. I many, think many. I'll fix and get another one because got one for Hooked on Humanity and another one for... Uh, um, I don't even know what that is. That's something I got to do next week. What the hell is in my house anyway? I've got stuff going on all the time. I mean, you're a busy person. I mean, you're out there. You're out there making changes in the world. But I want to talk about. I want to because you've had some periods in your life that weren't oh so great, and we kind of alluded to it a little bit. So talk to us about one of the lowest points in your life. Talk to us about that experience, where you were at, and how you got yourself out of that experience. What what type of mindset shifts did you have to start doing? Okay. Okay, so this is the thing. It's like when I was, I was like there. That is when I think I, I discovered Scott online. Mm -hmm. And like, I really wasn't looking for a person to talk, to listen to or anything. I just saw, I mean, I saw a few of the posts and then I, I don't know, maybe a couple videos or something. Somehow it just worked out that I, I started to follow Scott and I was, I heard him and then go love now. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I saw go love now. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, okay. So that must've been what it was. It was so long ago. Okay. Well, I think it was hearing you speak about self-worth and self-love and you know, I, I, if I had been looking for that, I wouldn't have known how to process it. But when I was hearing it, it just did it. It just happened. You know, it processed itself in my head. Yes. Do you remember what the message was and how it impacted you and how you shifted? Okay. Great. Well, it was over hmm. uh, a number of times, you know, like I hear it once and then then I noticed next time I heard him speaking, speaking about the same thing again. And then just really giving it some thought when I wasn't on, 
when I wasn't on Facebook, you know, and just felt like it shouldn't mean something to me. But, you know, I was so down that I didn't know what it was supposed to mean. But I knew that it meant something. And my mind just wouldn't forget it. And so... Where were you at? What was going on in your life that you were so down? Okay, well... I had just got um, divorced after being married for 20 years. Wow. Uh, that has been a 20 accumulative years. I've divorced and then married again to the same person. And probably for the same reasons I ever got married because I didn't know what to do with my life being single. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, I didn't even know. But... Um, I think there was a, after the fact, it was, um, it was a lot of, well, frankly, there was a lot of signs of narcissism that was going on in our relationship. And I I was fortunate to be talking to a therapist at that time, because I was also going through some really, my nerve pain was really bad at that time. And then I just had back surgery some years before and my back was acting up. So I was in and out of the doctor a lot. And part of my part of my treatment was going to a therapist for pain therapy. Well, he was just a regular therapist that happened to work for that doctor. Oh wow. And and I had gone to him years before when I went to that pain doctor when my back's before my surgery. And I went to him for a little while and then I quit going. And then my back started hurting again years later. And when I went back, he was still there. And when I walked into his office to start seeing him again, he remembered that I had a lot of kids. I said, how's your kids? And what about this and that? And I can't believe you even remember all that. It's been like three or four years since I've been in here. And I know you have tons of patients, you know, how... You know, you stood out. And so, I mean, and he was, he's a, Gary Brothers is his name. He's Gary Brothers and he's in Austin. And he's fantastic. I'm not the kind to like therapist. And I went reluctantly because I knew I had to go. But I'm like, nobody can pick my brain. You know what I mean? I was like. And I wouldn't go to just anybody now, even today. Yeah. But it just so happened, it turned out that, like, he's a great therapist, you know, that gave me some really good advice and and really, um, but there was, um, uh, seems like it was either him or, and I was going to see a therapist for meditation and learning meditating and we used to talk a lot too and maybe it was him it was one of those guys that was saying you know sounds like there's a little narcissism stuff going on there from what you're telling me it there was never did you you accept that when they said that or did you become defensive when they said that no they were saying like they felt like i was subject to a narcissist okay right and so I didn't really, I mean, I've heard the term, 
but then I didn't I didn't really know anything about it until they pointed out on a list. Yeah. And maybe it was my meditation therapist. I'm trying I'm remembering him with his notebook. Mm. And um and he was just talking to me about it and not really making a diagnosis or anything like that because he's he's just treating me, you know, but he was, I remember him saying he was very concerned that if that's the case, that I should really make sure I stay in therapy as long as I can, you know, even if it's not meditation therapy or whatever, just be close to therapy, you know, in moving forward in my life. And so I looked into it and just, it was a lot for me. It, it through the years, through the years, I could see. Uh, I get on my own terms. I examine these things from my past. Yeah. And what do you look I'm, for when you examine? When you examine, what do you look for? I don't want the suggestion of that to be what I believe. You know what I mean? Mm. So, when I think of everything, though, I mean. It, it was pretty traumatic, you know, so I'm not worried so much about if that's what it was or not, you know, because like if it was, it's over now. So then the only thing I would need to know uh, for moving forward that I would need to know from that is like, how would I prevent, you know, and it wouldn't make sense that I'm attracted to somebody like that. Because that's how my father was. And that's kind of my mom was in some ways. Mm -hmm. Not as bad as my dad, right? But, I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, people come into narcissistic kind of tendencies whenever there's a lot of stuff happening in their life they can't control. It's just a kind of a natural thing. I don't know why, but it seems like that's where the brain's going to go. Yeah. Uh, whenever there's no control. Because... We just have a, a foundational kind of need to be able to control something in our life. Seems and so it just kind of acts on its own, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, well, what do you think? What do you think of this? Um, you know, a lot of times when people experience some form of codependency, we're almost like puzzle pieces. So imagine that as a puzzle piece, you've already become fully aware of the fact that you say, you know, you wanted a man or you wanted somebody in your life to kind of direct it so that you felt whole in that moment. Your puzzle piece probably just had a space right here that said unable to manage self. And if yeah. you've got 90% of your subconscious mind repeating that, whatever your dad was saying, whatever, going, Nellie, you need this, you need this, you need this. Eventually, you're like, truth. And so your truth says that I can't do things on my own. So when you're sitting in that space that you can't, why would you not? I mean, never mind why would you? Why would you not want to find that in somebody else? But the problem is, the people who want to fill that void have the tendency to want to fill that void for the flip side of that yep. they want to control someone else because they yeah. know how to control. Oh, yeah i know what you mean so, gotcha yeah, yeah i know so so, right. so so to answer the question to avoid so that i was like i was like bait you mm -hmm. know like these people knew the flags they needed to look out for and me vulnerable right kind of stupid really mm -hmm. Not stupid, not stupid. 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 Not stup
Like you could use the word like ignorant in the moment or lack of information, but stupid's a little different. Stupid is I've got the information, I do the opposite anyway. You know, you okay. didn't have the full information. Well, whatever avoid, that would be. <laughs> yeah, but the but the point is, I think you're answering, you're answering your own question. So now, if you can recognize that there's a void, one of the things that you can do, and I know you do this, you can do it through prayer, you can do this through meditation, you can do this through healthy connection with others, fill that void in to build up your, because you said it, when you were first listening to the stuff that I was doing, you were like, that was the recognition of that void. You're going, huh, self-love. That void was talking to you saying, hey, you can fill me yourself. And you're like, no, I can't. Can I? Well, you know what? It's been through the years. Takes time. Of talking to you. And then afterwards Mm -hmm. meeting Chris. And just really like with his big personality with the no excuses. You know, and all this stuff. It's like um, I have, I feel like y'all have as human beings served me as a human being because it's kind of helped me you know forgiving myself i've learned that you have to forgive yourself for things you know and so when you do forgive yourself um you know it it kind of paves out a path to show you how to forgive other people and then mm-hmm. not making excuses so I'm not blaming. So you don't, if you're not making excuses, then you can't be blaming other people. You have to be looking inside Amen. and saying, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what did I do wrong? And so many people, and you've probably seen this before when I want to say, you're in charge of this. You're the only one that can make a decision. And why, by you allowing this to happen, this is why they're doing this to you. And then they get mad. They feel like I'm saying it's your fault. And so I, I don't know. I guess I am saying it's their it's it's part their fault because of what they're not thinking in their doing. Because it's not all their fault. Because someone else has decided they're going to bring this grief onto them and play games with them. But what they're doing wrong is they're letting it happen. That's all. And all I'm saying is, you can just say, adios. And, and, but you know, some people can't understand they're in a bad situation where, like I've seen, and being in the humanity kind of thing, I run into a lot of people who have, um, like they're scared of their spouse, you know. So they can't just let it go so easily. I understand that. But if it's really a question of like, there's no danger and, and you are suffering this kind of thing with, with another person, you can turn that light switch off anytime you want to. I mean, when I left, I didn't have anywhere to go. I was just, I was just done. And I felt like a laughing stock because I had married him twice, Mm. you know? And I thought, people are going to laugh at me and people are going to think I'm stupid, but I don't care. I I felt like Nacho Libre. (laughs) (laughs) Well, give a fuck. I got to get out of here. I don't care, you know? Hashtag Bracho Libre. (laughs) Bracho Libre. It just Hashtag Bracho Libre. I like when he defends himself. He's so funny. I love that character. Mm -hmm. But, so, um, so Nelly, I want to interrupt you here for a second because we're talking about okay. something that's really good, but I want to dig into the meat of this. 
talk to us about empathy and forgiveness, because that's something we talk about here a lot on the show with people who've had their trials and tribulations with different things. Love, empathy, and forgiveness. Talk to us about that in your journey and maybe as it's directed towards your parents, because a lot of times we have these hidden resentments and angers towards our parents for the things they did or didn't do. And we kind of carry that on into our adult life. Talk to us about that empathy and, and forgiveness and compassion component of your journey. And then I want you to talk about hooked on humanity and how you became involved in that. Okay. Well, yes, empathy. I guess we could all empathize better. We understand what every human being has their own needs. What is that hierarchy of needs? Maslow. We know how much we all have in common just being human if we look at that, you know. Um, So even if you don't know somebody, you already know some of their needs as a human being and can minister to that, you know. So um, forgiving, I think, begins with forgiving yourself. Because one of the things, you know, like me, I'm just going to say me. It's different for everybody, I'm sure. But, I mean, for me, I had to just say, okay, you know, I'm human. I, I Who knows why I made the decisions I made? Who knows why I did the things I did? But I made a mistake, and I cannot do it. And I just really got to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I have an opportunity... I'm going to do better and I'm going to create ways to do better. There you go. You know, and I knew this in my mind. So, and so I, I, I told myself that, but then I had to actually believe it and feel it. So after a while, it just began to like the guilt doesn't really uh, leave, but you, you find a way to put it in the back of your head and say, Okay, if you're not going to leave, that's fine. But you go to the back. You can't talk. You I don't know. want to deal with you right now. Yeah, I'm not going to deal with you ever again. You're just you just here, but you have nothing to say. Right? Because, like, I never tell people to stop worrying or forget about this. Because people can't really forget about some things, right? But you can say, be quiet. You go to the back of my head. You can stay there, and I'll probably, like, remember you sometimes, but you're not going to have the say over what I'm going to do today or how I'm going to feel. And what i got to do doesn't include you. So you got to go to the back of my mind and just be quiet. So that's basically trying to visualize that feeling of guilt or unforgiveness, to visualize it and say, I'm putting this down right here, you know. I have a little thing called the bucket bucket that go. I got from, it's a kind of a Dave Matthews band thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have little, little charms and I, I, I get a charm. And if it's something I'm worried about or whatnot, I, I, I say, okay, this is what it is. It's going in the bucket bucket and I can't think about it for seven days. Let's say yeah, seven I, days. I, I know I cannot think about it. And then if I got to go back to it, it's there. But chances are I'm going to think about it differently if I just leave it alone, right? Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> kind of how I got rid of that feeling of of guilt and just gave myself cheers for realizing that I needed to improve. I needed to grow. I needed to learn. I needed to make changes. 
yeah. to me if my life was going to change. So when I realized that, then I began to look at other people in my life that I felt like I didn't really feel like my parents were the cause of my problems. I, I just know that my problems started when I, in my upbringing. That's all. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's never been like, oh, I hate the way I was raised. And I do hate the way I was raised, right? Because I, I want to be part of a family. I don't want to be, you know, divided, you know. So the object. it's like, I didn't like that at all, right? But as far as my own mistakes, I didn't, it was just people that I felt like did have, have you know, targeted me for what, what they wanted to do. And I, I did hate them. Mm-hmm. And it did bother me. And for and I just thought I heard Scott say one time, people are on a different level. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know Wise what? Advice. They're on a different level. If it's a lower level, okay, no matter how low it is, that's not my problem. They're there, not me. Right? They're on another level. That's why they do that. Mm-hmm. And I was happy with that explanation because there's just nothing else that that makes sense because I don't understand why people just can destroy another person's life just by messing with their head, you know? Well, they have their own, they have their own issues going on. I mean, that's something to, to keep really in, in perspective. Like, you know, you can't fix somebody else's problems and you can let them go be on their own journey. But talk to us about Hooked on Humanity. What was the inspiration for Hooked on on Humanity? And what is it all about? Uh, Once again, I heard y'all talking about helping people. Yeah. And uh, it was during COVID. And still going through some of my depression stuff. And then, of course, COVID made everybody depressed because of the quarantine. So um, I just, uh, okay, I got to feel better. So um, I started Hooked on Humanity on Facebook. And I had a bunch of yarn with me. And so um, I just started making scarves and told people I'm going to give these to the homeless. And that's that was in 2020. Yeah. And then um, 2021, I ended up here in Bell County at the Salvation Army. And uh, I, I was like August. And I thought, you know, this is when I would have had to start up Hooked on Humanity. You know, I already did it one year. I would like to continue it. I think it would be a good thing now that I'm back in town where I'm going to stay. Why not? So uh, I was I was staying at the shelter. And I thought about asking uh, Lieutenant David and John Beckham, uh, who are the leaders of the Salvation Army campus here in Temple. And uh, I thought I'm going to ask them if I can have a yarn drive. And so. Who? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, aren't they busy enough? They're not going to just been having a yarn drive for me. And, but, you know, instantly I thought, no, 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 you don't know. All they can do is say no. Hmm? You got to ask. That's the only way you're going to know. And how, how are you going to feel later thinking that could have been an opportunity and I didn't even take it? Yes. Right? So yes. all this was going through my head. So I just went and I had already helped out with uh, Vacation Bible School in July. Mm-hmm. So I already knew Don Beckham. 
So I thought, well, I'm just going to ask her. So I went in there. I said, hey, if I've got a box, do you think I could have a yarn drive here? And then I'm going to use the yarn to make scarves for the homeless. Yes. Right away. Yes. And not only did they say yes, but they were now the uh, receptionist in the office building, like people bring them yarn and go, this is for Hooked on Humanity. And they know who it is. And they they take care of my yarn for me. I take as long as I need to take to get there to get it. You know, it's like it's part of the family. So and then, of course, and then so anyway, so I don't want to get off on a tandem. But, okay, so we made scarves um, in the winter, and I met Kelly Einbaden of Just Serve, who, and which is an app where if you want to find out uh, where any serving opportunities are in your area, you just go to Just Serve and put in your zip code, and it tells you the groups in your area that are looking for volunteers. So she signed me up on that. And me and her have been practically inseparable since we met. She's such a super lady. And um, and then I met Don Crop. I met Don Crop, who is also excited about Hooked on Humanity. And she's made us some fabulous scarves. And then uh, when summer time when summertime came, um we're like, okay, it's not cold anymore. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna, you know, we know we're gonna continue to make scarves for next winter, but like, what else are we gonna do? So, you know how neighbors used to look after each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so I started this thing, and I've, I've gained some momentum with it. Okay, I've, there was one of my friends who's single mother and. Her son needed uh, some kind of surgery on his jaw or something, and he needed an ice pack. She was going to have to take him to another town for the surgery, and she needed, you know, some groceries and stuff. So I just put a little uh, post up on Hooked on Humanity, and I said, here's a lady. You know, I never use names, right? Mm -hmm. I just say, here's a lady. Her son's having this oral surgery. And she needs an, an ice pack. And I'm getting the ice pack, but I need a donation to help me get her some groceries. Boom. It wasn't even a day. Somebody Sweet. donated 30 bucks. And so I, I got on Amazon, ordered the ice pack. I got on HEB and ordered some groceries, had it delivered to her house. And then um, so and also had told the group, if you know anybody in your neighborhood that needs something, let's know about it. Let's see if we can put a few bucks together, like $5 between two people for something or three people, you know, in case anybody needs anything. If it's a small need, that's important. And so um, uh, I do that so that they will uh, just keep a lookout in their neighborhood, maybe. It will kind of encourage them to think about uh, being more aware of their surroundings mm-hmm. and get more uh remember how it feels to think about your neighbors yeah, you know yes. we need and to do that more than we've ever done that before no question. because of everything that's going on in the world today i mean 
Nelly, what you've shared today has been has been super impactful. I can't believe it's already been nearly an hour. It's been 52 minutes. And we've already been talking. Thank you, darling, for being here. Thank you for sharing your vulnerable story. And thank you for being a light in the sea of darkness that's going on in the world today with Hooked on Humanity. How can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation with you and perhaps donate some yarn or do something to help uh, Hooked on Humanity? Um, uh, they can just look me up on Facebook. It's Hooked on Humanity 2022. But just Hooked on Humanity is the profile, but there's the link to the group right at the top. So Hooked on Humanity, you just find that and go to, and there'll be the link to the group. Awesome. And they can send you emails to, they can send you an email uh, at the email on the screen. Uh, but yes, that's, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can use that email. You want to just say it out for the people listening to the podcast? Oh, I'm sorry. Bracho Bell at yahoo.com. And then facebook.com forward slash hooked on dot humanity. No, I think it's just, I don't think it's a dot. Well, that's what you sent me. (laughs) (laughs) I just copied it. So if it's not a dot, check that. I'll click on, I'll click on it. Yep. That's the right one. Yep. Okay, good. Okay, I've go. never noticed what the link said. Hey, we, we all learn something new every minute. That's why yeah, I got to embrace the moments. <laughs> That's right. Pay attention. Well, <laughs> well, sister, you are a light in the clouds. You're a light in the darkness. And thank you so much. I mean, the things you do for humanity, the things you do for homelessness, the things you do for people in your in your circus, uh, your circle of life, circus of life, your circle of life is just uh, commendable. And we just appreciate you so much and for supporting the show, supporting me and Scott. I'm so glad you found Scott that day and that his messages spoke to you for you to re-examine your life and re-examine what was going on in your life to be the beautiful person. You too, Chris. Y'all are my peeps. Thank you. No, we got, we got you. We got you. That's why we wanted, to hear on the, wanted you here on the show because- I'm listening. I'm listening the, to every word. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, the shows, the shows- are multifaceted. We have all sorts of different types of guests on here, but we definitely wanted to have you on here and feature you because of all the beautiful work that you do in, in the in the community, in the world. So thank you for being here. We're going to put you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere because we still want to talk okay. to you. We're going to finish out the show, but thank you, Nelly, for being here. Nelly Bracho, ladies you. and gentlemen, here on The Unfiltered Experience. Thank you. And there we have it. I can't even believe it. These shows go by so fast, dude. Yeah, they it's do. It's crazy. Like six seconds. It's crazy. And that's I, I think it's so beautiful that she saw you, heard you, Listen to your message, and that was one of her turnaround points in the world. Yeah. You know, it's a great thing, and we just started the show with the same comment, and, you know, I was talking about sitting with a bunch of people who are financially powerful in the world, and they were mentioning the word impact, and we kept talking about impact. And so that is exactly the reason that conversation we just had, why I want to put those messages out there, because it might be the first time someone hears it and goes, huh, and then the second time, and then it's the third time, and it doesn't need to be something that, you know, you think is this massive, huge message. It just might be, you're enough, you're worth yeah. something, you're beautiful, you're amazing, um, believe in you, you know, surrender to something bigger, but believe in you. It could be that, it could be no excuses. It could, we need to keep saying the same things over and over. And she just said it, it's the repetition. It's yeah. it's like, you know, I don't know if I like it. I kind of like it. Okay, I like it. And that's how the world works. Marketing works like that. You don't buy something until you see it three or four times. Um, we see Starbucks model. You have to have like 10 Starbucks all over the place. So you keep seeing them finally like, fine, I'll get a coffee. <laughs> and so that's the way the mind works. The subconscious mind gets a branded imprint on it. And then we're ready for change. So again, I, I just want everybody out there when you're like, should I hold the door? Should I say something nice? I don't feel good. I don't know if I have it in, in me. 
keep being amazing in the moments because you don't know when the moment is that you're going to change a life. And that's what I got. I mean, that's, that's it. You never know when the thing that you're going to say you're going to do is literally going to be seen or heard and it's going to change a life. So trust in you, trust in the process, trust in love, keep doing it. Yes. Yes. I love that, Scott. I just want to capture some of the beautiful people that have been here tonight. Yes. Uh, we got uh, Candace uh, Hogan. I can't even see Hagen. Uh, my, my glasses on. Candace, thank you for being here. She says, love you, Nelly. We got Lee in the house. What's up? He says, yay, Nelly. We got Robert in the house saying, hi, Lee. We got uh, Don Crop in the house saying, hooked on humanity. Absolutely. Thank you guys for being here. Robert's in the house. We got Woody, my new friend in the house. He says, hey, Robert, what's going on? Woody says, here, you got me. Woody is an amazing individual. I just got uh, recently connected with him and just checking him out. I don't know why I put that up there. Um, and uh, hey, hey, just in case, just in case, if you need to find love, there's somebody watching 18sexy. But we're attracting different types of people, Scott. And Mary Kay says, just earlier I said to Lee, it's amazing how people and things show up in our lives exactly when we need them. 100%. There's no joke when it says when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I was going to say that for, for you and Ellie. You came and said the thing that she needed to hear. She was the student and she listened to this. Um, we got uh, Cameron Murphy in the house says, ex-pro wrestlers or meth recovery. I'm not sure if Cameron's watching the same show that we're doing, but thank you, Cameron, for being here. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Mary Kay says, wise words. Nelly, got Robert in the house, Lee in the house. We got Tony, Tony Franchise, giving us 100%. Thank you, Tony, for being here. We appreciate you. And Lee's in the house talking about, and it's companion, what I was talking about that book before, this thing called Life. It's an amazing book. Thank you guys all for being here. Mary Kay in the house. You're a beautiful soul sister. Um, so yes, ladies and gentlemen, of course, be here, be square, take to heart the messages that we've been talking about tonight, because, you know, where we're at, wherever you're at in your journey, you know, there's an opportunity for you guys to sit there and say, okay, what can I take from this particular conversation tonight? What is I can take and, and apply in my life? Because as you start applying those things step by step, day by day, wire by wire, inch by inch, you'll start getting a little bit more confidence. You'll start feeling a little bit better. You start taking a bit better care of yourself. You start making more decisions. You start doing those things. It all builds on itself. It's like compound interest for the mind. And when you take those progressive actions and you sit there and say, hey, what can I learn from this? Whatever's going on in your life, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And then once you go through that on the other side, how can I help other people go through the same experience? That's what Scott and I espouse every single week here. We've been doing it for a while. We're approaching our 100th show, Mr. Boyette. We're on show number 97 this week. I think our 100th show is about Thanksgiving. So that's a solo show you and I will be doing. Nice, but nice. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. We appreciate you guys all out there in video land and broadcasting land, everything else. And we always encourage you guys to go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com, theunfilteredexperience.com. Join the Facebook community. Let us know what it is that you want to see. We take your suggestions. We take the ideas that you have for guests. Um, if you have anybody in particular that you would like to have as a guest here on the show, please send Scott or myself a message and we'd be happy to entertain that because this is a conversation with you guys. This is us. This is a family. This is the unfiltered crew. And each week we all show up here together to talk about, to be vulnerable, to talk about honesty and truth and talk about how we can all lift ourselves up to the next level in life and, and to, to use our gifts and to use our failures and our mistakes and everything else to build upon one another so that we can make this world a better place. And I just encourage each and every one of you out there in viewer land, listener land, do something that you can do for somebody else. Because the greatest gift in life that I have found, Scott, and I know you believe this in this well, is the fact that when you go do something for somebody else, 
the gift that you get in return to know that you spent a couple of bucks and helped a homeless person out. You spent a, you spent a couple of bucks and helped help your humanity out. You spent a couple of bucks and just did something. You did you took your actions, you took your skills, and you made the world a better place. When you go to bed at night, you got to feel good about that. You got to feel great about that because that's what the world needs right now. There is so much chaos and so much calamity and so much uncertainty. God bless you if you read the news because I don't know if I could fucking function if I read the news. I see news headlines and I still think that the world's going to hell. But there's so many beautiful people out there like Scott, myself, you guys out there. Go out there and continue to lift the world up like Nelly's doing. Hooked on humanity. Connect with her and do what you can do in your own little part of the world. Because together, if we all did that every single day, just imagine how different this world would be. And we just thank and appreciate each and every one of you for watching this, for listening to this, for commenting on this, for sharing this. We love you guys. We're going to be back here again next week. Next week, we have Kylie Bruner. Tell us a little bit about Kylie Bruner, Mr. Scott Goyette, since I believe she's a, a connection of yours. Yeah, yeah, she's a self-love coach. So she's got programs similar to Go Love Now, and she uh, teaches about self-love being the foundation of everything you're doing. Love self, love others. So it's very in sync with um, everything that we're doing. I don't know a ton about her program, but um, I'm sure she'll teach us a little more about it. But yeah. it's probably got a lot of the same basis as you know what I'm doing. I think hers is six weeks, mine's 12 weeks. So you want to do it fast and you don't want to spend as much time, maybe go with hers. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be a great show. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, brother. appreciate you um, for being here. Woody says here, he goes, uh, well-defined wrap-up. Love it. We appreciate you, Woody. Perhaps Woody would like to be a guest here on the Unfiltered Experience. Um, appreciate you guys all being here. Robert, Lee, Mary Kay, you guys are beautiful. We love you. Go out there and enjoy the moments enjoy the moments be in the moment with the people you're in appreciate those because you never know when those moments are going to stop and you want to leave a legacy that you're going to be proud of so always act in accordance with your values go out there lift one another up and we appreciate you we'll see you here next week on the unfiltered experience bye for now peace